Well, good morning, church. It's so great to be able to join with you this morning online. I pray that you're doing well, and I pray that no matter what you are facing today, what has been going on in your life up until this point, I pray that today that as we gather, as we worship, and as we hear the Word, that you'd know the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life to equip you for every situation. This morning, I want to speak about the power of our words. The power of our words. It's mentioned many times throughout Scripture that the words we speak carry significance. That our words are not just noises that come from our vocal cords, but they have power. We've been speaking over the last few weeks about being the sent ones, about being sent out and living on mission. Well, as we go and as we go into the world, the words that we speak are important. And you will know firsthand the power that words have when you have been insulted or criticized or have had rumors spread around that relate to you. You'll know what that does in your heart. Or when you have been encouraged, built up, celebrated, loved upon, you will know firsthand that these are not just vibrations that are going through the airways, but these have an impact in our hearts and our lives. And the reason they can impact our hearts so much is because the mouth, as the Bible says, or our words, are one of the key ways that gets what's in our heart out of us and into the world. The mouth is one of the key doorways to the heart. And Jesus acknowledges this in Matthew 12, 34, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You might have heard it as, out of the overflow of my heart, the mouth speaks speaks. The mouth speaks what is in our heart. What flows out of our heart, what comes out of our heart, flows into our speech and into our conversations. And so our mouthpieces are an easy giveaway as to the content of my heart. What you talk about and the way you talk about it reveal the state of your heart. As the next verse says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. The content of our hearts is revealed through the words we say. And so the Bible makes it very clear that our words carry power. So much power, in fact, that Proverbs 18 verse 21 says, the tongue has the power of life and death. In other words, the words that we speak can either create or they can destroy. They can encourage and give life or they can tear down and bring death. A word of encouragement can make someone's day the same way that a word of critique can cause insecurities to flare up. And you see, what I've found in my life is that the words you speak create an atmosphere around your life. If you're always talking negative, if you're always looking at things with a glass half empty, if you're always gossiping, people begin to notice and very often no longer want to be in your presence. However, if the words you speak bring life, if the words you speak encourage people, if they bring hope and clarity, people are drawn to that. 
I remember one of my youth leaders when I was about 10, 11 years old, he had such a knack for making you feel like you were the most important person on the planet. When you spoke with him, he was encouraging. He was life-giving. He would build you up. And so I was drawn to be around him. And so were others. People would flock to be around him because of the words that he spoke and he created an atmosphere around his life where people would wanna share, people would wanna open up, people would be encouraged and released. And so the conversations we have and the way we use our words become vitally important when it comes to reaching those around us who don't yet know Jesus. And Paul the Apostle says in Colossians 4 verse six, let your conversation Always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Let your conversation, let your words, let what you talk about be full of grace, seasoned with salt. Not salty, seasoned with grace. You ever met a salty Christian? Nothing's ever good enough. Nothing's ever quite right. Nothing ever suits them. They're always complaining, always nitpicking, always looking for the negative, always counting the cost. Everything is always going wrong for them. You know, you've heard Carl talk about the posture of Eeyore. Life's just a bit difficult. Everything's hard. Everything's a struggle. If that's the posture of Eeyore, then maybe a salty Christian is the posture of rabbit. Always running around to make sure that you know that there's a problem and you know what the problem is and, oh, that's not good enough and, oh, no, that's not quite right and, oh, I wouldn't have done it like that. Why have you done it this way? I could do it so much better than you. Oh, why does this always happen to me? They're always anxious, always getting uptight. Oh, yada, 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 yada. Salty. Unpleasant. But as followers of Jesus, our words should bring life to situations. Our words should be full of encouragement and hope. Yes, things aren't perfect, but isn't it great we can still build together? Our words should bring a different perspective to the situations that we face. Be full of grace, seasoned with salt. When you eat something that has been seasoned with salt, you can immediately taste it and it is pleasant. It adds flavor, it adds interest. You're glad that it's there and it should be the same as we speak with people. Our conversation should be filled with grace, but seasoned with salt, seasoned with the truth of the gospel so that people can immediately distinguish, immediately taste that there is something different about you. They should be glad that you're in the conversation, that you're, when you speak, it adds interest to what is going on. It adds a different flavor. It adds a different perspective. They should be able to notice the difference. And as that verse says, so that you may know how to answer everyone. As followers of Jesus, Christ dwells in our hearts through faith. And if it is out of the overflow of our hearts that the mouth speaks, then it should be out of the overflow of Jesus in my heart that my words and my conversations should always be leading people to him, always drawing people to the truth and the revelation of the cross. It's not necessarily that the name of Jesus is mentioned in every single conversation you have. Maybe that might be a little salty. But it's that as we speak with people, 
we are taking every opportunity that we have, every opportunity that comes before us. It's one of the things I love when you read the writings of the Apostle Paul, his whole framework, everything is about the gospel getting preached. Everything about his life and everything he encourages the church to do is to make the most of every opportunity because we have a mission that we are on. That as we speak to people, we speak words of encouragement, words of hope, words of clarity into a confused world. We're speaking full of grace, but seasoned with the truth of the gospel. Seasoned with a different perspective, an eternal perspective. You are able to encourage people that others can't because you can see them the way God sees them. You can see them through his eyes, not through man's. Even people that others have rejected, others have forgotten about, you see them as a loved child of God, worthy and respect and love, and so you can speak words of encouragement over their life. You can speak words of hope because you have an eternal hope. You know that even when things are dark, God is still on the throne, and so your words can bring hope. You might have people in your life who are going through relationship difficulties, people whose relationships are in disrepair, you can speak about peace and restoration of relationships because you know there is nothing that God cannot do. You can speak about a way forward out of a situation because you know that what is impossible for man is possible with God. Always looking for an opportunity to share with our words the hope that we carry. Your words carry power. Your words carry power. Read this here from James chapter three as he's speaking about the power of the tongue. Take ships as an example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. James acknowledges that while our tongues are small and seemingly insignificant, they do in fact have a massive impact in our lives. Just as how a small rudder can steer a large ship, so too do our mouths help steer the direction of our lives. Because what you speak about often becomes what you focus on, and what you focus on determines the direction that your life starts to go. You ever notice when you start nitpicking something that all you can focus on are the negatives? It's very difficult to see any of the positives. All you start to see are the issues and the things that are not right. Negativity has a knack for taking up all the spotlight. So what are you talking about? What are your conversations like at work, at school, at university? What are the conversations like at home around the dinner table? What are they like with your kids, with your friends? What is it like when you talk about God's church? Are you able to catch yourself when the negativity starts up and turn that around? Are you able to catch yourself when the gossip starts and the negativity starts to rear its head again? Because James is saying here that fresh water and salt water shouldn't flow from the same spring. James is frustrated that out of one mouth can come both praise and curse. 
And James is saying that as followers of Christ, we need to be aware of the impact that our words can have, not just on ourselves, but on the people around us. In fact, the context of this passage, James is speaking to people who are wanting to become teachers and preachers of the gospel. They're wanting the platform in their gathering to preach the word of God. And James opens with the reminder that those who teach and those who preach will be held to a high standard because of the impact their words will have on the lives that those they are teaching. Now, not all of us are called to teach and preach in a church setting like this. Not everyone is called to get on the stage and to preach, but we are all called to reach the people around us. You might not preach from a church platform, but you are certainly preaching from the platform of your life. Your life is a sermon. Your life is a testimony of Christ. And as Romans 10 10 says, how can they believe unless someone tells them? How will they know unless someone has spoken to them? Good deeds are great and our lifestyle is great, but at some point our words have to come into play and we have to speak about the truth and the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so James is reminding us that we each have a role to play in seeing the gospel advance. And therefore, it is important that we are aware of the impact that our words can have on those in our lives. What are your words when you're speaking with friends and family who don't know Jesus? Are you encouraging and positive about what God has done in your life? Are you able to celebrate the transformation that God is doing through your life and the life of the church? Are you able to share with hope the amazing things the Holy Spirit is doing? Parents, grandparents, teachers, youth leaders, kids leaders, the words you speak over the next generation have the power of life and death. Use your words to put courage in them, to build them up, It's not that you give them false hope saying that they can be whatever they want to be. If they simply just work hard, then they'll be able to make a name for themselves because sometimes it simply isn't true. But you can remind them about the truth of the word of God, that they are created, fashioned, designed by him, that they are a loved child of God and he has a plan for their life. And that no matter what they walk through, they are never alone, never abandoned because the Holy Spirit goes with them. Tell them you believe in them. Tell them that you trust them, that you love them, that you champion them. Those are the words that bring life. The world will give them plenty of critics and critique along the way. Give them a different perspective to focus on. Encourage the people in your workplace. Tell them you appreciate them when they go above and beyond. The things that you notice about their life, encourage them. Thank them for what they do. Thank people when they serve you at a restaurant. Use your words to bring hope and life and encouragement. Because our words have power. But it's not just that the words have power, but it's the way that those words are delivered. Marketing and communication studies have found that up to 90% of communication is nonverbal. Meaning that it's not just the words we say, it's the packaging that those words come in. Our body language, our tone of voice, our facial expressions, all of these are involved in the communication 
process. It's not just the words themselves, but the heart they're delivered in. How are you going? Not bad. Or as opposed to, how are you going? Not bad. It's the same words, but one was delivered in a different spirit. And in both instances, even though I used the same words, you knew exactly how I was feeling. We can say the right words, but if delivered in the wrong way, it loses its impact. When I wanna encourage someone, thanks a lot for what you did today, as opposed to thank you so much for what you have done today. Same words, different spirit, different in a totally, delivered in a totally different way. So what about when it comes to our worship? All hail King Jesus. All hail the Lord of heaven and earth. All hail King Jesus. All hail the Saviour of the world. That's the right words. It's theologically correct. It's put in Christ in his rightful place as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It's giving him glory and honour. They're the correct words. But if communication is only 10% the words we speak, then where is the other 90%? Because God is not just worthy of 10% of my worship, he is worthy of 100% of my worship. God's not worthy of my worship 10% of the time, he's worthy of my worship 100% of the time. And when you understand that the words you speak have power, when you understand the lines you are singing, when you see those lines on the screen and they are true about how Jesus has conquered sin and death, the truth of those words should stir something in your heart, should remind you the power of the words we're declaring. So now it's all hail King Jesus all hail the Lord of heaven and earth all hail the saviour of the world it's more than just words now it becomes worship because God is not just after your words he's after your heart but your words when we worship when we give adoration they display what is in your heart and when God has your heart When the Holy Spirit has been given access to you and he's poured God's love into your heart, as Romans 5 verse 5 says, the love of God that surpasses knowledge and understanding, the love of God that fills us up to overflowing, then out of your overflow of your heart, your mouth will speak. And your mouth will speak of the goodness and the glory and the power of our God. Now, please hear me, I'm not trying to say that there is only one right way to worship and that raising your hands is good and leaving them down is bad. That's not what I'm saying. Some of us are naturally more demonstrative than others and we have extroverts and introverts and all that. I understand all of that. But what I'm saying is that worship is more than just the words we say on a screen. Because the words on the screen are true. And Jesus says that true worshipers will worship in what? in spirit and in truth. So worship is when the truth of God comes alive again in our hearts, the truth of what he has done for us, of how he has saved us, of how he has made a way where there was no way, provided a way for us to be reconciled with God. That truth and those words should stir something in our spirits and cause our hearts to respond passionately in worship. 
that the words we say with our mouths and the posture of our body and the overflow of our hearts should come together as we praise. Our words are powerful. And worship is a powerful tool of using those words to fix your eyes again on Jesus and reminding your heart of who's in control and who's on the throne and that he has a plan. Words of worship are powerful. They're a declaration of his goodness and a declaration of his breakthrough power in our lives. And so how do we shift what comes out of our mouths? We have to shift what's in our hearts. As David says in Psalm 19, verse 14, may these words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. There's a direct connection between what's in my heart and what comes out of my mouth. And I was saying to Carl the other day that I just can't get away from wanting to talk about and preach about and teach about the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit who transforms us. It's the Holy Spirit who leads us, who pours God's love afresh into our hearts and equips us for every good work. And the more I read scripture, the more I'm so aware of our need of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. And it's the same when it comes to the words we speak. The more I allow the Holy Spirit access to my heart, then the more of the overflow of my heart will be the things of God. Because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth and he leads us into all truth and he is the only one who is able to change the state of my heart. We need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit daily. And every morning it's Lord, transform my heart. Transform my heart. Lord, continue to have access to more of my heart. Lord, help me to focus on the things of you. But we also need the word of God. Because despite the impact that words have, there is only one word that will have the final say, and that is the Word of God. The Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, and it's able to speak into any situation we find ourselves in. One of the amazing roles the Holy Spirit plays in our lives is He is the one who is able to take those words on a page and make them come alive in my heart. It's the Holy Spirit who, is, who brings the word alive in my heart so that when I'm out in the world, when I'm at my school or my university or I'm with my family or my friends, wherever it is that God has placed me, out of the abundance of my heart that is filled with the word of God, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, my mouth will speak. And when it speaks through the power of the Holy Spirit, it brings life and it brings transformation and it cuts through the walls that people put up and the, the doubts and the the confusion that people have about the things of God, the Holy Spirit can cut through that with our words to bring life and transformation. There are a lot of unhelpful words being spoken in the world today. Words that are not bringing life, not bringing clarity or hope. You see, our enemy knows the power words have as well. He's called the father of lies. And he knows just how powerful those words, those lies can be and how they can impact our hearts and our minds. And I believe that there are some listening who have had lies spoken over you. Might be lies from your parents or from some teachers. Might even be lies from yourself, your internal dialogue. And you'll know the power that these words have had over you and how they've weighed you down and how they've stunted your growth and how they've stopped you taking steps forward 
in your faith. You'll know the power that these words have had as they've molded and shaped you. And so this morning, I would love to pray for those words to be broken over your life and for the truth of the word of God to come alive again in your heart. And I wanna pray that the Holy Spirit would fill us up afresh to overflowing, that the Holy Spirit would be the, the meditation of my heart, that as I read the word of God, it would come alive again through the power of the Holy Spirit so that when we go out into the world, as we go as the sent ones and we go understanding the power that our words can have to shift situations, to bring hope to people, that the overflow of my heart would be the gospel of Christ and Christ crucified. The overflow of my heart would not be what I watched on TV. It would not be about the politics of the world. It would not be about the issues of the day, but the overflow of my heart would be the gospel would be Jesus to see his name glorified in this earth. And so wherever you are right now online, I'm just going to pray. And if you wanna respond in that prayer, if you go, yeah, I've had lies spoken over me, or simply you just wanna be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit, would you join me as I pray? Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for giving us your word to lead us and guide us. Thank you that it is alive and it's active, sharper than any two-edged sword, and it's able to speak to our innermost being. I pray, Holy Spirit, you would fill us afresh with your presence and your power. May we be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, that our hearts would be so full of you and your presence that at the overflow of Jesus in our lives, our mouths would speak. Lord, I pray right now for those who've had lies spoken over their lives careless words that have hurt or intentional words that were designed to cause harm and death. Lord, I take authority over every lie and I break the power of them now in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask by your spirit to remove any untrue feelings or beliefs from people's minds. Those words that have settled in and take root, Lord, I replace them by the unshakable truth that God loves them, that they are chosen, called, accepted and redeemed, that Jesus died on the cross for them. May they be convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation would be able to separate them from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your transforming power. Would you fill us afresh right now in Jesus' name? Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you promised to give us the words to say. Lord, I just pray for a fresh boldness to speak your truth to people. As we find ourselves in situations, as we're brought before people, as the Bible says, Holy Spirit, I pray for a fresh boldness, for that oil of ease to come on our conversations, that we would let our lips loose with the truth of the gospel. That as we meet with people who are close, people who have questions, people who are struggling, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would minister to them through the words that we say. That you would give us a discernment in the spiritual realm as to what things are going on in people's lives and the right words that need to be spoken, a word in season for people. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your promise to be with us, to equip us for every good work. And we praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.